What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, because who else would it be? And as always, I really hope you like it. Hey, thanks for joining me today, and a special thank you to anyone out there who's been listening every single week. I want to thank you so much. You're the foundation of this podcast. You're the backbone, the lifeblood. Thanks for subscribing. And if you love the podcast, make sure you tell somebody who hasn't heard about it so that they can get their act together and start listening to the Matthew S. Podcast, okay? Hey, we had a great time this past weekend. I hope you were able to join us for West Love Fest. My family and I, my band and I, it was so great to get together with my band and make music again. So thanks for supporting us. We had people from all over the world, all over the country listening. It was so much fun. I mean, we celebrated the one year anniversary of the release of my album Brand New. We played the album from top to bottom. And uh, my favorite part of the show might have been some of the skits we did. If you watched it, you know what I'm talking about. We did a Christian version of The Bachelor called Equally Yoked. And uh, I just, I really don't know how to put into words how much fun that was for me to record. So hopefully you got a good laugh. Even if you weren't laughing with me, I'm pretty sure that you were laughing at me. A lot of people shared that you were unable to watch it this past weekend. And for that, I want you to know I forgive you. But I also want to let you know that there's hope for you. There's redemption. There's a second chance for you. We're offering two encore performances of West Love Fest, okay? We're going to be playing out the album from top to bottom, just like I mentioned. Brand new. You're going to get to hear Truth Be Told, The God Who Stays. It's an awesome night. Two encore performances taking place this weekend on the 19th and 20th. So go to MatthewWest.com to get your tickets. When you click to get your tickets at checkout, just for being a listener to this podcast, use the code CUPID to get five bucks off your ticket. Hope you'll join us for the encore performance. It's going to be so much fun. All right, let's get on with today's show. Are you ready? Let's go. My guest today is an unstoppable force. She's a world champion surfer, began competitively surfing at the age of eight. Her promising career was seemingly derailed at the age of 13 when she was attacked by a 14-foot tiger shark. It's a story that caught the entire world's attention. She lost her arm as a result of that injury, but she was determined as ever to return to surfing as soon as possible. And guess what? That's exactly what she did. Her inspirational story was told in the movie Soul Surfer, which the West family has watched about a million times. She recently released an incredible documentary that shows a totally different side of her story, and I highly recommend it. It's called Unstoppable, and you can watch it on Netflix. If you don't leave today's episode inspired to be unstoppable yourself, then you need to check your pulse. Without further ado, let's go to the story house with my new friend, Bethany Hamilton. This is so cool. My daughters are super pumped that I'm getting to talk to you today. So, Aww, how old are they? Uh, my oldest just turned 15 last weekend, and my youngest is 11, about to be 12. So, oh my gosh! That's so they amazing. they say hello, but they're they're big fans, as am I. Oh, thanks. You live in Kauai, is that right? Yep, born and raised here in Kauai, and now raising my own kids out here. So pretty stoked. And you have two kids. 
I have two, almost three. Well, technically I say three because like baby is our kid and baby is here. So how soon are we talking here? Like when is baby arriving? Like about a month. Oh man. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. So do you have boys, girls? I have two boys, a five-year-old and an almost three-year-old, and then baby surprise baby. So we'll see when baby comes. Okay. Now, did you find out with the first two children, did you find out in advance what you were having? We found out with our first, and then I begged my husband to wait with the second, and we ended up liking it. So... Yeah. You're just going to be surprised. I love it. My wife was too much of a planner for that. I know. It appears that everyone's a planner because they're like, what? You're not finding out? <laughs> but I'm like, baby doesn't need much when they're born. So if it's a girl, our, everyone's going to go shopping for us. And if it's a boy, we basically have everything already. <laughs> that is amazing. Are the kids excited? Do they understand what's going on? Oh, yeah. They're pumped. They can't wait. That is crazy. That's amazing. So what does a day in the life for you look like right now? Hardly say there's like a typical day. I mean, definitely like typically I'd be surfing, but since I'm not really surfing, I'm at that stage of my pregnancy. So taking a break, but still getting to the beach a lot, taking my five-year-old, he likes surfing. and You know, the beach is just such a good environment for kids. So yeah, just enjoying family life. Then I stay busy with a lot of different things. I have a online course. I do some motivational speaking, and um, a lot of it's all from the computer now. So can stay close to home and and get work done too. And it's awesome. The average mom is having to worry about whether or not they can fly in an airplane uh, while they're pregnant. But your your concern is how long can I surf, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Like I typically like I was actually hoping to conceive like a few months ago, but it happened really fast in the summer. So I'm like missing kind of like my favorite season out here in Hawaii. What is the ideal? I mean, that's I'm a total surfing novice. My daughter longs to learn how to surf and we're grow I mean she's growing up in Nashville, Tennessee where it's not even safe to order sushi. So she longs for your lifestyle and she's yeah. mad at me that of all the places that my daughters have traveled with me for music all around the country. They've been to almost every state in the US. I have not taken them to Hawaii. And so they still hold that against me and when I told them I was talking to you today they reminded me of that. And they're like, where does she live? And when I told them, they're like, oh, you've never <laughs> taken us there. So tell me and the listeners of this podcast, what the ideal surfing season is and when it takes place in Hawaii. Yeah. So it's seasonal, like instead of having actual seasons, we just have surf seasons. Cause it's basically like 75 to 85 all year long. Like right now, it's like raining a bit more than normal. So that's kind of like our winter blustery season. But winter tends to bring like the best surf swells. So everyone who lives out here to surf, you know, we look forward to October through March, especially for surf. And then the rest of the year, you just like I would typically have to just drive to the other side of the island because then you start getting swell on the other side, the south side of the island. Okay. So it's kind of like a little seasonal uh, windows of surf pockets. And yeah, a lot of people are just living really simple lives out here, just surfing and, you know. Would you surf like every day in a normal week when you're not a month away from having baby number three? 
Yeah, usually I'd be pretty active in the water, like, you know, give or take a few days here and there, just kind of depends. And of course, now being a mom, like there's just that like kind of ebb and flow and balance of, you know, getting my time in the water, though I'm still technically a professional surfer. So it's like, I'm going to work. Yeah. I'll see you guys. That's amazing. So I have like a really awesome workplace, work environment, so to say. And then a lot of times my husband will come with um, me and bring the kids because, you know, the beach is so good for kids. So um, and they like surfing. So it's just we we kind of flow it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How did 2020 like I mean, we know how much COVID affected so much of the country. I'm curious how it affected Hawaii and and where you call home. Personally, for me, it was a wild, wild year. I started the year with a broken elbow, but also the ambition to focus 100% on competitive surfing. So having a broken elbow and like trying to compete was just not really working. But I was able to recover in time for like my first events. And my family and I were in Australia and New Zealand when everything kind of like started to head towards lockdown. Like, you know, we were aware of COVID, but it wasn't really like a thing at that point, or at least we didn't think it was, you know, everyone was from coming from all over the world for these competitions. So that was just wild to be kind of like, have the rug pulled out from underneath me as far as competing. And then we went home and yeah, just being home in Hawaii, uh, everyone relies on tourism. So it's just a big change of pace out here for everyone. And um, that's what I wondered. Yeah, I'm not sure the stimulus are keeping people afloat, but did the whole competitive surfing world just come to a complete standstill? Pretty much. Yeah. It, yeah. it all went on hold. They've done a couple little events, like closed events, and then they just tried to start the next season this last month. And they're getting shut down. So okay. I think it's going to be done for till at least summer. So from the point that you have baby number three, how soon will you be back in action? Yeah, I'm hoping to be back in the water like within like around six weeks. But I just wow. I try not to plan too much because you just never know. And like I don't have any sort of pressure, even though I'm just like really excited. So if anything... I have to like hold myself back because I want to have a healthy recovery and not like make things worse, so to say. I want to talk about your documentary, which is unbelievable, by the way. The cinematography, the story, like it is awesome. And, you know, you came on most people's radar as a result of a movie called Soul Surfer, which is how the West family discovered you and your incredible story, your faith through it all. And it seems like one of the common threads in your story is that people have had to, I wouldn't say hold you back from getting in the world. Like you, yeah. I mean, nothing's going to stop you. So I could imagine that it would be a challenge even after having baby number three, you're probably like, you already want to set goals. It, that seems like a common thread in your story. Just uh, hearing your coaches talk about you in the documentary, I thought was really interesting. Like, you know, if you told her to run one lap, she's going to run two. Like just having that drive. Is that something that you've just always felt in your life from a young age? Yeah, I mean, definitely centered around surfing in particular. It just it's one of those things in my life that is a genuine passion. And I think when we're centering our life around things that get us like fired up and passionate your motivation can hang in there a lot better I'm definitely jonesing to get back in the water and that definitely helps me kind of stay motivated to stay healthy 
or like just active while I'm pregnant too. Like I probably am doing not your average pregnant, like kind of um, movement approach. And like, I try to eat like a normal, healthy, like broad spectrum diet, because that's really important to me. But just getting in the gym still and making sure I don't lose all my muscle. Um, sure. so <laughs> I can kind of like bounce back faster. And yeah, for me, it's like, I want to get back to being strong. So postpartum, I'll give myself a good rest window, but then I'll try to get back to it so I can keep just enjoying the ocean and surfing. So my oldest daughter just celebrated a birthday and it's like before my kids were in my life, you know, I loved being known as whatever, a singer or songwriter. Like, you know, there's certain titles that we accumulate because of our achievements or our careers that we've chosen. And we like answering to those. I would imagine for you, professional surfer, award winner. I mean, you know what I mean? Just being known on a national spotlight. Now that I've got my daughters, it's like when I show up at their school and I'm known as Lulu's dad. Like, yeah. I like those titles. I wrote that in her birthday card um, the other day, just saying like, man, the title of your dad is my favorite title of all. How has that changed for you now that you're, you know, you've got two awesome kids and a third one on the way, just your priorities and the titles that you answer to and which ones give you the most pride these days? Oh man. Yeah. I really love being a mom and I knew I always would. I was really looking forward to that at some point in my life. And after I met my husband, it's kind of like happened a lot faster than we had planned, but just sharing that parent role with him is such a joy and a beauty. And our boys just are just, yeah, they're so much fun. And people are like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my boys, we were planning to homeschool regardless. So my five-year-old's like in kindergarten now. Wow, okay. At home. We never really did daycare sort of thing. So we just kind of balance out life with them. And they come into our world, we come into their world and just make it work. And it's just a blast. And Talk about challenge too. It's like one of the most challenging things ever because all of a sudden all your imperfections can then be spewed out on them, so to say. So it's like it's a really a work in progress sort of thing like where, you know, we're trying to teach them, yet they're teaching us so much at the same time and challenging us in such beautiful ways to represent that life of like loving your neighbor and like putting others first and yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that reminder. It's so true. It's like the, you feel the stakes are so much higher, right? Especially in like in years of like 2020, man, like when you go through hard years and you realize like you might be freaking out about a situation, although you don't strike me as the kind of person that freaks out much. But I, on the other hand, you know, would have a moment in 2020 where I'm just stressed, but then I'll become like highly aware of the fact that I've got little eyes watching me and watching how I handle trials and adversity and, and realizing like, too, it's funny to like to realize how much our kids are teaching us about ourselves. But I love that. Yeah, no, there was definitely a moment this year where I was like, whoa, we need to actually tone back what we're saying in front of especially our five-year-old because he was literally hearing everything. And I think he was feeling our stress. And so it like got to the point where we're like, okay, let's like just get a little more cautious with what we talk about in front of them and, and just like really lead them in a way that supports them and doesn't make them feel scared when they see us stressing out that stress can totally 
go on to them. So it was a good year of like kind of learning the boundaries of like what you say in front of your kids and even five-year-olds, they're soaking it all up. So they need that protection still yet. Well, it's like we're we're seeing things happen that we've never seen in our lifetime before. Yeah, so we're just like <laughs> trying to like hook things up and like figure out what's like north to south. I know. And like keep our heads afloat. And I love the just the reminder that there's grace for all of us in that. Like there's going to be times where as parents – we're going to blow it and our kids are going to see us blow it. When I think about my own parents, I don't know about you and your parents. It seems like you, from your documentary, I could tell how close you are with your parents. But when I look back and I think about my mom and my dad and the example that they set, I hope to set the same example in that I know they're far from perfect. I saw them blow it. But what I also saw was that they were on a race to say they're sorry. If forgiveness was a finish line, they were on a race to get there and say, hey, dad blew it or mom blew it. Hey, I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? And I hope my kids see that in me, not a perfect dad, but somebody who's who's ready to get to that finish line and say, hey, dad, sorry, I'm human. I'm trying to be better because that's that's real. You know what I mean? Not that not that Bethany's the perfect mom, but that Bethany's real and she's willing to admit it when she screws up, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely real parenting is essential, I think. <laughs> and homeschool parenting. Now, we've done my wife and I did that for 4 years. I'm just curious who shares like your husband's name, remind me of your husband's name. Adam. Okay, so what role does Adam play in homeschool? I'm just curious if it's similar. So to- I'm actually getting kind of lucky, but he's leading the homeschooling. What? And so it's making me look I bad. Have, I'm like kind of off the hook there, but he does have a teaching degree. Okay, so, so he's more qualified. <laughs> kind of like set up for that role. Um, but I mean, at times we'll split it up and you know, I'm the one like, okay, let's go practice. Like I have him playing instruments and doing some artsy stuff. So nice. there's like this flow of like pass back and forth. And but Adam's, kind but of- he's carrying some weight. He's doing a legit job. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing the research and kind of picking our journey. Yeah. And yeah, our son's loving it so far and he's soaking up learning. So, okay, we're doing something right. <laughs> Adam coming in strong. Okay. That's good. He's showing me up a little bit because I was, I was basically like principal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I did music class, Bethany. That's about it. Well, that's awesome. You instilled a key thing that schools are losing. Yes, so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, so I read a quote where you said something about the movie soul surfer and how you loved that movie and obviously millions of people loved it and you became just an inspiration and a role model for, I would say specifically like young girls everywhere. You know what I mean? My daughters included. And yet what you said is that your documentary, this is what I want to make sure we talk about because I want everybody listening to this podcast to go to Netflix and realize that there's something more than The Office on Netflix. Although The Office has just been taken off of Netflix, so that leaves more room oh, no. for them. Might as well stay your Netflix. Exactly. Though. But they can find this amazing film that tells your story in a different light than the movie Soul Surfer. And you did a quote, you said something about like, I love Soul Surfer, but this documentary is me or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. What did you mean by that? And tell me why you're so excited for the world to see this awesome documentary. Yeah, of course. I loved Soul Surfer and um, my family and I were really involved in the process of making that film. So I think we were able to kind of keep it less Hollywood-esque and um, more true to our story. 
And so, yeah, that, that film did really amazing. And um, it was a fun journey to share it. But at the same time, it was actors and right. it wasn't real Bethany. And even when we started working on Unstoppable, my documentary, um, I had planned to just do a short film. So it wasn't going to be anything too elaborate. Like it was just going to be focused on like high performance surfing Um Cause I was still getting these frequent questions of like, Oh, you're that girl that like lost her arm. Do you still serve? Like, Oh, you used to serve, right? Like, yeah. Little did they know I'd become like one of the best female surfers in the world. And right. My motivation truly was very selfish. It was like, okay, this is an opportunity to go, go and surf and like have fun and just like push it in the ocean and kind of like create that space to just focus on this talent that I have. And then long story short, like a lot happened and it turned into a feature length documentary capturing from childhood to motherhood and everything in between and the ups and downs and specifically the surf journey. You know, I got married along the way and had my first son. Um, So, and then even some of my most successful surfing moments as far have been after I had my firstborn son. So it was just like cool to kind of share that journey of motherhood and staying in my sport and like pushing women surfing and, but also just keeping the beauty of storytelling and reminding people that like, Hey, you can overcome too and live unstoppable. So to say. Yeah. This documentary, like I'm watching it and I'm seeing these waves and your husband, Adam is talking about the nervousness of watching you out there and like I caught myself and I was like wait why am I sweating right now like I'm (laughs) I'm sitting watching this and like there's one scene where you're crying in the water and you had just gotten like pummeled by a wave I don't know the terminology but it was like I just literally felt like okay this girl she is like the type of fearless and unstoppable that I will never be. Yeah. So to give you inside scoop, if you really interpreted that moment correctly, it was like the kind of like just this overwhelm of like a lot of failure coming to head, like not necessarily like the little cut on my face, like of course that was a bummer, but it was like the emotion of like trying, 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 falling, falling, failing, like struggling, like not getting there, not where I want to be. Like, And just having that kind of head to moment of like just extreme frustration. But then there's like always light on the other side of the tunnel and like just you have to persevere and push through those those darker, harder times or frustrating moments. And yeah, it's just sport, but it's also like a passion and a career and and just having that like determination to like get to where I wanted to go. I think that translates into so many things in life. It's just like we're constantly being like bombarded, like hit down. I feel like the world's like often feels like it's going against us. It's wanting to hold us back, but doesn't mean we can't overcome and push through and like still live out our most beautiful version of us. Yeah. Well, and I mean, how many people right now feel like they're just getting pushed around like you maybe were on those uh, several attempts where that emotion And just the fact that there were cameras there capturing that real moment. I I can't wait for people to watch it because they'll know the scene that I'm talking about. One, two, one, two, 
Guys, I gotta be honest, I've been a little bit lazy in a certain area of my life, and that area is taking my vitamins. If I'm being honest, I think the last time I was on a regular vitamin routine, it was back in the days of those Flintstone vitamins, you know what I'm saying? But nothing like a pandemic to kind of change that and make me a little more conscious about what I'm putting into my body and making sure that I'm uh, as healthy as I can be by getting the right nutrients. Well, I've done some research and what I found was ritual. Now we deserve to know what we're gonna put into our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. Now what you're not gonna find with Ritual is sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. None of that stuff. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed release capsule design make taking your vitamins way easier than swallowing a bunch of horse-sized pills. You know what I'm talking about? Gross. Ritual makes healthy habits easy. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual, within your first month, they're going to refund your first order. Get key nutrients with Ritual. They're offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash west to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash west to start your ritual today and get 10% off during your first three months. You guys know I love to tell you when I find something really cool. Well, I've got to tell you about Literati Kids. They've created something that I wish was around when I was a kid. Literati Kids is a subscription book club that sends five beautiful children's books to your door each month, handpicked by experts. Literati Kids has book clubs for children ages 0 to 12, and each club has age-appropriate selections tailored to what your child needs. You know, it's tough sorting through the millions of kids' books released every year. Trying to find rich, engaging stories for your child Literati Kids takes care of all that. Every month, you'll get a box of five expertly chosen kids' books with themes like mystery, adventure, STEM, and history. These are soul-enriching books, handpicked by leaders in child education. In addition to these incredible books, your child gets to receive artwork from world-renowned artists, personalized stickers, which my daughter Delaney loves, and other fun goodies in each monthly box. You won't get this kind of expert curation anywhere else. Gift subscriptions are available for one, three, six, or 12 months of books. Whether you're gifting a niece, a grandson, a friend's child, or your own. Go to literati.com west for 25% off your first two orders and pick your kids' book club today. Remember, no one else has kids' book clubs like these. Only at literati.com west can you get 25% off your first two orders and receive five incredible kids books curated by experts delivered to your door every month that's literati.com slash west i love how god orchestrates things on a different level than than we can even see you know like we i feel like a lot of times we're blessed with with only seeing a very finite sliver of god's grander plan because if we saw the whole thing we might get scared and so I love the fact that like maybe you were just excited about a film that showed some of your, you know, adventures in surfing. And yet it wound up telling this amazing story. It was almost like you were seeing, like you said, like the movie Soul Surfer without all the actors. Instead, I'm seeing 
you and your parents and the way they were with you after your accident and like how quickly you were back out in the water and from childhood to now, it was just, it was so powerful. And uh, I sat and watched it myself while my kids were at school. And so now I can't wait to show it to them because they're just going to be blown away. What is it? I'm curious now. I know your faith is very important to you, Bethany. What role has your faith played? I loved there was a scene where you, I think, had won your first amateur tournament and you got up at like a Marriott ballroom. And like the first thing you said was, I want to thank my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And I was like, wow, you know, how important has your faith been in your life? And especially in those times where you've had those obstacles and your obstacles happen to be one where the whole world is aware of them. You know what I mean? Like they were, they were on Oprah and everywhere else. The whole world knows about the trials you faced and how important has your faith been to you through the highs and lows throughout your story and through your life? Yeah, so I won't go too far back in the childhood, but definitely after I lost my arm, I had a unique sense of peace that God was in control and like had me in the palm of his hand. And that set me up for just like moving forward with hope. And I also had like just a deep sense of gratitude to be alive. Like I knew I could have died and that kind of led me to just believe that God had more for my life. And even though everything felt upside down and crazy, like I just believed and trusted and had that peace that God's going to move me forward. And even though I don't know what that looks like, I just lived a life of faith from there. And then a lot of that also propelled me through my teenage years and all the struggles as just a teenager, let alone like being world renowned and having one arm and pursuing a professional surfing career with one arm and yeah, yeah. just all these different challenges. And then going into like having a film made about my life and all these different things that were just could have really like... I don't know where my life could have gone, but it could have gone in so many different directions. But God is faithful to provide all that we need. And still to this day is like my solid rock in all the craziness. And yeah, it's been like such a journey of finding that balance of chasing the things I want to do, but also like trusting in the Lord and his plan and now as a mom, like just trusting in God to like help us make the right decisions and holding my marriage together strong and beautifully. And uh, yeah, it's a good life. (laughs) It's a good life. There's no doubt about it. And you could have chosen a more private path, like after your injury, but even at a young age, like when all this stuff was coming at you and people wanted to talk to you and then they want to make a movie and all these different things, you know, I can't even imagine what that was like, but I, I would imagine there were times where you just wanted to go on and live your life. And yet you, you kept opting for this public platform by which to share your story. And in doing so, you were inspiring so many people. What was it that made you decide, you know what, I'm not going to just stay home and, and live a private life. I'm going to let people into my story even as it's in process, even as you're getting back on a surfboard, what was it that made you decide to choose that more public platform and allow people into your life in that way? Yeah. So growing up, my mom was just a super rad mom. And she like taught me early on that there's a lot of people in need and that are in pain in the world that need love. And 
need the hope of God and just need help, so to say. So like, for example, on Christmases, a lot of times we were not wealthy whatsoever. We were like low income, probably. Mom and dad working two to three jobs. I think you talk about in the documentary. Yeah, working really hard and like barely staying afloat sort of thing. But still, we would manage to like buy a well for people like to get clean water or we'd buy a goat for like a town or a community to get like fresh milk like so that sort of thing like providing in ways that are long lasting and then on top of that like being a part of my church and my brothers had gone on mission trips so I was aware of like them going to like Mexico and working with orphans and just caring for the needy and so when I lost my arm it wasn't so much Well, yes, there was a lot of media around the drama of it. Of course, it's like some of the most entertaining drama. A 13-year-old girl, super talented, loses her arm and she survives. But then it was less than a month later that I got back in the surf. And I think a lot of us today, you know, we're all trying to get back on our boards, so to say. And I think a lot of people saw how Bethany got back on her board and that's like what really got them fired up. And so I started receiving letters of like kids who had been through gnarly things and just people across the board of all different backgrounds. And I just saw the beauty in that. And I already saw the impact of just a short little window, like less than six months. And people were just like just super stoked. So as much as I wanted to hide on the little island and the things that did keep me sane was definitely continuing surfing and like getting out in the ocean and just being a kid. But then there's this whole other side to my life that was bringing hope to other people. And yeah, I'm honored to be in that role still yet today. Well, I love that in one answer, you used the words gnarly and stoked. And (laughs) I want to know if if I sign up for your Unstoppable Life online courses, is one of the courses to teach me how to say those words but have it sound as cool and instead because what I when I said it it felt very like don't say that but when you say it I was like okay she sounds really cool so is that one of the courses I can take? Okay, if you sign up. <laughs> I'll make a new special course just for you, like yeah. a mini course, because we have it in mini courses and big courses. Or in our monthly Zoom calls, we'll make sure we go over some special lingo each month. That's all I ask. And, like grow up your lingo, and then you'll be the coolest dad ever. Or the most embarrassing dad ever. Yeah, that's probably more likely. But <laughs> I love this concept. And I love how you're continuing to be a voice of inspiration and choosing. Because, you know, you've got a lot of things pulling at you. You know, you've got your family and your children and your career. And yet here you are with Unstoppable Life online courses. Can you talk a little bit about why you started this and what what type of person needs to sign up for this? Because I, I want to sign my daughters up for it and myself as well, just to learn the, the language part of it. But talk about these online courses and, and what you guys are accomplishing. Yeah. So I guess it kind of stemmed from a place of like wanting to help people. And I feel like especially... You know, there's so many different directions we can go. Like, there's endless need in the world. Like, and it's kind of like honing in on the place that, like, I think we as individuals feel maybe called to or um, passionate about. And I feel like here in America, there's a lot of darkness and just people are feeling really like overwhelmed, frustrated, lost, just in a headspace of like, 
kind of maybe like lacking self-confidence and my heart was actually teenage girls like that's where it kind of started but I think the course is a little more towards like young adults and people my age and really anyone but I just wanted to share a lot of like the tools I learned along the way that like there's no way I could have gotten to where I am today without like a lot of these really unique tools or not even necessarily unique just like really essential things like just having a healthy mindset living a life of gratitude more recently as a mom like finding my ability to have boundaries and being present with my family you know I have a little like testimonial here from somebody who took the course. Yeah. Her name's Olivia. Okay, cool. She says, Thank you so much for this amazing guide to life. It's such a great rem- reminder of how we can often become negative, but it's so important to be positive. At first this year was really hard for me. I was just upset, upset and ungrateful for all the things around me. But the unstoppable life has put things into perspective, helped me to work through the things that I struggle with in my own life. And my relationship with God, my family and friends have all like grown so much. I'm so excited to continue in this. So thankful for all the great insights, tips and encouragement. So that's great. Olivia, just get me fired up. Yes. We're like heading in a good direction. And I've come from like an athlete background where like selling kind of like endorsements. And I just want to get to a place where I'm like selling something that's actually changing people's lives. That's awesome. Who cares about like the next like electrolyte powder or yoga ball? (laughs) I get nerdy on all that stuff too. (laughs) No offense to our sponsor, Liquid IV. (laughs) Yeah, but I would love to just like sell things that I'm like, wow, this is actually going to have a long lasting impact on someone's life. An eternal impact. Yeah. Even if you guys are listening, if you have someone you want to gift it to, I mean, I'd love to include more young women, but I just, young women aren't like, oh, I want to go and do an online unstoppable course like with Bethany. So it's like more people that are like in a place of like, I feel like I can't get back on my surfboard right now. And I need someone to just help me see the light and the hope and the, just the tools to get, just start getting there, you know? I love that, Bethany. There's a there's a song that I sing right now called Truth Be Told, and it's literally coming from the perspective of somebody who's finally willing to admit that, you know, what you just said more eloquently, they're having a hard time getting back up on their surfboard. Yeah. And I think if if we're being honest, there's, I mean, we've been pushed around a lot in 2020 and 2021, and I, I am willing to bet there's somebody out there listening to this interview with you, and they're getting filled with some encouragement and some new life and maybe even given a, a new perspective on the fact that the best is yet to come and we we can be unstoppable. Um, and I think there's somebody who could really gain from this online course. It's a 12-part video curriculum, which is going to help people, equip people towards living an unstoppable life. So what is an unstoppable life? It's ultimately, okay, like I know you guys probably aren't surfers, but it's getting back on your surfboard even after getting knocked off over and over and over again. It's being able to paddle strong and go find your next wave. And, you know, being unstoppable is not about being perfect. It's not about being like, I have it all together or figured out at all times. It's just about like getting through life's challenges with hope, persistence, and courage. 
and like really like setting boundaries around the areas that are so important. I think of like being in the motherhood role, like I have to set boundaries with my workplace, with my phone, like with the way I communicate to my kids or they're going to suffer at the expense of my neglect, so to say. And that can go for any relationship, not parenting. I'll share a little like really personal story. But after my husband and I got married, he never had a smartphone. And then he got a smartphone at that time. And all of a sudden, like he was your typical person addicted to the smartphone. And I started to feel it. And our relationship had that tension of like neglect, like, hey, I'm here, hun. Like, remember me? And honestly, he was probably not even that bad compared to most people. But like, I felt it. And then it took some time to like work through that and like, get to a place where it's like, hey, like you and I are number one. And our kids are also number one. And it's just like, there's these boundaries in life that so many of us are just not even aware of. Yeah. And we're suffering at the hand of cultural norms that are disruptive and stealing from the most beautiful things in life. I love what you said, because I think sometimes we forget that living an unstoppable life sometimes means there's some things in our lives that we need to stop and get out of our. And so what you're talking about is not only things that we should be doing or things that we can help us change our mindset, but things that need to be removed from our lives. And in 2021, as we're, as we're kicking off this new year, man, taking some serious inventory of our lives and going, what am I devoting too much time and attention to? What's changing my thinking? And I'm not even realizing. And, you know, I always, I always try to remember the prayer that David prayed, like, Lord, search me and know me. I'm willing to take some inventory and ask the Lord to show me some areas of my life that need to change. And maybe that is shutting the smartphone off. Maybe it's signing up for a course that's going to help you grow and filling your head and heart with positive things. Your team, you were kind enough to offer a special discount for the podcast listeners, and they can go to shop.bethanyhamilton.com and use the code unstoppable25 at checkout. And this is going to give our audience 25% off of any of your courses, which is super cool. So yeah, so I have like the mini courses and then like it's all access. So you guys can just do a mini course and see if you even like it and then go from there. Like yeah. maybe you say bye from there or maybe you love it. Like I think you'll love it, but you know. It's going to be awesome. And uh, you'll learn how to say gnarly and <laughs> stoked and make it sound cool. Hey, last question for you, okay? In every episode with every guest that I get to talk to, one of the questions is the same and that is to talk about what I call a blue couch moment. And what that means for me is I asked Jesus into my heart watching a Billy Graham crusade while I was sitting on a blue couch in my home in the Chicago suburbs. It was a moment where I felt like for the first time I was like, wait, I think this is real. And I I think I want God in my life. And you've described some different moments during our talk where your faith was real to you and how important it's been to you. What image pops into your brain when you think of you know, a blue couch type of moment in your life where God became real to you and you knew it with all your heart? Yeah, I think I recognize the grace of God as a young child. Like I remember at five years old, like praying and asking the Lord to be a part of my life. And I don't doubt that because God says like, come to me with childlike faith. So why would not Bethany at five years old, like have childlike faith? And So it's taught me to like never doubt the youngins. Like if anything, their faith is so much more pure than the elders in us, you know. And then from there, like it's just been a continually like 
just growing and understanding the grace of God and continually hearing the death of Christ dying on the cross for our sins. And that is my daily reminder that no matter how I feel or no matter what challenges are in my life, like I have that promise and it's not going anywhere. It's not going to leave me or abandon me or neglect me. It's there for me every single day, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Come on. That's good. Bethany, I'm so glad that you would join me today. I'm honored. And uh, I think what you shared is is super inspiring. And Bethany Hamilton, you've been inspiring people for a long time. Keep up the great work. I'm excited to hear more testimonials of people going through your course and just continuing to be inspired by your story. I'm going to post a link to your courses at the podcast page, as well as a link to your documentary, which everybody needs to watch, Unstoppable. Everybody will walk away going, okay, Bethany Hamilton's my hero. It's Jesus. <laughs> And then Bethany Hamilton. So, hey, thanks for joining me. Prayers for you as you get ready to welcome baby number three. And uh, I hope it's just a gnarly time. No? Did that <laughs> it's work? not gnarly. Let's do oh. cool and like calm okay. and like perfect. So <laughs> I, I totally blew it. It's too high though. <laughs> not gnarly oh. though. Okay, I got to sign up for the course then. I'll get it right one of these days. Thank you so much for being on the show and I hope we get to speak together again soon. Okay, aloha, Matthew. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) All right, now it's time for Songs from the Storyhouse. Today's Song from the Storyhouse is Grace Upon Grace. Wave upon wave of grace upon grace Endlessly washing my sins away I know the only reason I can stand here free of all my shame is wave upon wave of grace upon grace upon grace Alright, I'm not gonna lie, the reason why I chose this song for today's songs from the story house, this is probably the cheesiest reason <laughs> But it's because of Bethany Hamilton and the fact that she's a professional surfer and the lyrics of the song you just heard the chorus of talk about wave upon wave of grace upon grace. So maybe it's a cheesy reason why I picked this song to focus on today. And yet the message of this song is a message that I need to hear every day and hopefully a message that's going to encourage you today. What a reason do I have to wake up with the rising sun And not be held down by the weight of all the things I've done What a reason do I have to feel this hope instead of hurt How can it be I don't receive the judgment I deserve My family's happy place is the beach. And my favorite part of our beach vacations is early morning when my oldest daughter, Lulu, she'll come and wake me up before everyone else gets up. And then she and I will go for a walk on the beach. She looks for seashells and collects them. I'll sit down on the sand and read some scriptures and look out at the water. Now, I bet you can imagine what I was looking at one morning when these words came to me and I wrote them down in my phone. Wave upon wave of grace upon grace, endlessly washing my sins away. Those words just felt right to me. You know, I've always felt like God's always speaking to us and speaking to me. The question is, am I paying attention? 
And when I'm at the beach, I know it might sound silly, but those are just some moments where I feel like my heart is paying attention. And I'm sure glad I was paying attention that morning because those words washed over me in a powerful way. I would take these videos of the tide and I wouldn't post them all the time. I'd just keep them on my phone. And then when I'd go back home away from the beach, I'd find myself returning to those videos, watching the tide and being reminded of the steadiness and the reliability of that next wave that would keep coming. And it would remind me that that's what God's grace is like. I want you to take a listen to the lyrics of the second verse. These lyrics remind us that there's also wave upon wave of guilt that tries to wash over us and get us to drown. And yet there's that contradiction of the wave upon wave of God's grace that doesn't want to drown us. It wants to free us. And, you know, that's really the struggle that we're all facing in our lives from time to time. The enemy wants to drown us in guilt. Jesus wants to wash us in his blood and his forgiveness and his freedom and his grace. Check this out. How can you see me at my worst and still say I am loved? What promise can I stand on when I don't feel good enough? When the enemy's reminding me of all that I've done wrong, what freedom do I have to sing this new creation song? Now, from a musical perspective, I've got to give a shout out once again to my producer and collaborator, AJ Pruse, just a gifted musician. And I love the string arrangement of this song. I love orchestra. And what he put to this song just moves me in a powerful way. I've also felt like this song is, is one of my more worshipful songs, the kind of song that I would lead if I was leading worship at a church on a Sunday morning. I love that heart and that feel of this song. Now for the bridge, I wanted to revisit, speaking of leading worship, one of the old great hymns, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. And you know what? I'm going to stop talking about this song and instead I'm going to let this bridge and this last chorus of this song just ring out. I want to invite you wherever you are, unless you're driving in your car, of course, just to close your eyes and let these words wash over you. And maybe as you do, would you be reminded that no matter how many waves of guilt have washed over you, the wave upon wave of God's grace is steady, it's relentless, and his mercy is new every single morning. And that should give you freedom to stand up and live your best life today because the best is yet to come. You're free and you're forgiven. Grace upon grace.
Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He's my dad, and he's got some good advice, and that's why this last segment of the show is called Dad Vice. He is my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, we are in the month of love, the month of February. You and mom have celebrated 50 years of marriage. And yet here you are in the month of February, still encouraging us to continue to take a brand new look at our relationships with others and most importantly, our relationship with God. So send us out with some encouragement today. Okay, Matthew. Um, today we're going to talk about a brand new purpose. In Matthew four eighteen through 20, Jesus calls his first disciples, and may we realize that our relationships will be stronger when we know that we have purpose in life. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting their net into the lake because they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Jesus called to Peter and Andrew while they were busy fishing. They were fishermen from the fishing village of Bethsaida, which means house of fishing. They came from a family of fishermen. Why did Jesus call to Peter and Andrew? He had a brand new purpose for their lives, to be followers of Christ. They'd probably still do some fishing, but now that fishing gave them a greater purpose. And I've always told people, no matter what vocation you're in, if you look at that, you have a higher calling to be a witness of Jesus Christ. So two points today. God has a brand new purpose for us. He loves us so much that he died on the cross so he could offer us new life. He asked us to drop the old life and follow him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. God has a brand new purpose for us. And then secondly, God has a brand new thing for us to do. God is calling us to do something new. All of us can do something. And Matthew, I think of all the songs that you have written, probably one of the ones that had the most impact was the song, Do Something. We found many people uh, making that their anthem, many ministries making that their anthem. Here are just a few people who are doing something new. Bella and Grace, their sisters from Illinois, they made masks and distributed them to frontline workers. They packed trucks with shoeboxes for Samaritan's Purse. Tim Begley, even though he's in a wheelchair from MS, he's a motivational speaker and helps coach a baseball team. He's one of our storytellers. Louise, homebound senior, is a prayer warrior, constantly praying for others. Renee Lord lost her daughter in an accident by a drunk driver who hit her daughter's car. Renee now travels to high schools to speak about drinking and driving. Andrea went to Uganda on a mission trip, stayed and built an amazing orphanage. Look at these people who are doing something new. Sue from Michigan is doing a podcast that started to support for those who were struggling with bipolar disease, which she has struggled from. What brand new thing is God calling you to do? Let this challenge you to pray and ask God to show you what you can do. And remember these things. Sometimes your greatest pain may become your do something. 
Your heart of compassion will become your do something. Sometimes the need you face may open the door for you to do something and meet someone's need. And everyone can do something. May it be our prayer. Help me to do a brand new thing. Man, I think that is something that every single one of us longs for. Even uh, Justin Bieber had a song called Purpose, and he was talking about his newfound faith and saying, you give me purpose, you know? And here's a guy who you'd look at and go, well, he has a purpose. He's, he's a star that the entire world knows about, and yet he was longing for something more. And there's that spiritual purpose, that purpose that we discover when we place our stories in the hands of the true author and perfecter of our faith, and he begins to open our eyes to see what our do something in this world can be, what our contribution to this world can be. As a follower of Christ, he fills us with purpose. And that alone helps us wake up every single day with a brand new outlook on life and a brand new excitement and a brand new anticipation for how God's going to use us. Thanks for reminding us where we find our purpose, Dad. Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Bethany Hamilton, and remind you to go check out her documentary, Unstoppable, the next time you turn Netflix on. Be sure to check out her online courses as well. I love that she's doing these great things to inspire people, especially young women. So check out the Unstoppable online courses. We're going to be posting links to all of that stuff. You know where to check it out, matthewwest.com slash podcast. Also want to thank my dad for joining me as always. Our ministry is called Pop We. We would love to stay in touch with you through that ministry. If you have a prayer request or if you'd like to sign up to receive a free weekly email devotional called Day One Devos, go and visit popwe.org. That's P-O-P-W-E dot org. Last but not least, I want to remind you two encore performances of West Love Fest coming your way this weekend. If you missed it this past weekend, this is your final chance to hear me and the band play the brand new album from top to bottom. You'll get to see the whole West family. You don't want to miss it. When you go check out, if they're buying your tickets, you go to MatthewWest.com, click to get tickets, and at checkout, use the code Cupid to get five bucks off your ticket. Love you guys. Thanks for joining me for another show. And remember, it's your story for his glory. I'll see you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.